tap that till it fell apart. Penis cookies? If you want to kill him off, just leave him dead. I heard a rumor that my boob flopped out. Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. My ability to summon fish is of no use for this top wing building. If it wasn't for shitting on the floor, I'd still think you're a robot. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. What we did not know was that Nikolai Tesla was the original designer of the Fleshlight. Now that makes a lot more sense. I don't. He was talking about her box and not her box. And now your hosts, Luke Matthews. So for the last uh, two weeks, we've been reading um, some comic book that is about stuff. And Bean. Also, I think that absorbing a staff into your body, especially as a teenage girl, creepy and phallic. Joel Simon. And I'm still trudging through this book because there's got to be something redeemable about it. And at the end, he flipped me off with an Eminem lookalike. And Andy Padel. I like collages in my comic books. Welcome, everybody, to episode 21 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. We are back after a an unusually, unusually, <laughs> an unusually long absence, uh, as evidenced by my inability to talk. That's well, not that's, different. No, that's the same as it always has been. Uh, this episode, we are going to be talking about Criminal Coward, a noir book by Ed uh, Brubaker and Sean Phillips. I am joined today by Ann Bean. Hello. Joel Simon. Is this thing on? And Andy Padel. Sup? So, uh, it's been way too long since we recorded our last episode. It was clear back in December. It is now the end of January. Uh, hopefully, this episode will be up uh, for consumption fairly soon. Um, and we've been reading a shitload of comic books between then and now. So, we're going to try and narrow it down to the the just a few Aww. things that we're talking about. But uh, we'll start with Andy because. That way I can edit him out later, and uh, then we'll move around to the rest of the table. I will just pick two highlights, um, the first of which is Rick Remender's current run on Uncanny X-Force. Episode, or issue 18 of Uncanny X-Force is the best X-Book that I've, written, I've read in 20 years. It is phenomenal. And Remender has written that book from the start, right? Yes. From the get-go? Yeah, like, from has, has it been the same artist, or did it... No. No? Okay. In fact, I think there are different artists in issue 18. Okay. Um, but it's intentional. Uh, sure. The It's the end of the Dark Angel saga, and it came out in October, actually, but I just hadn't read it yet, and I'm really regretting that now. It was just mind-blowingly good. Really good. Yeah, Joel, you read yeah. it as well. Yeah, well. yeah, it was really good. It's a book that I haven't <coughs> read yet. I'm kind of... Um, it's a book that I'm not... I, I know it's good, but I have... Well, you've read the first six, right? I've re- no, not even that. I've read the first two, um, and they were good. They're harder to get into than I thought they would be because they're for somebody who's not familiar with X books, they are very, very obtuse. Mm. Um, and it's something that I definitely want to read, but I'm probably going to wait till they come out in a hardcover. Um now, with, are you talking about the the Yoast run, or are you talking about? No, the he's Remender. actually talking about the Remender run. The Remender run, okay. run issue. Yeah. Yoast, Crane, and Yoast. That was Chris Yoast. that was uh, the original X Force book that was before Uncanny. Oh, okay, so oh. that was the second X Force. book. So that was X Force. You know, it was yeah. uh, New Mutants, X Force, Hiatus, X Force, and then Uncanny X Force. Uncanny X Force. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, I guess there is a difference. I mean, because I read a good chunk of X Force. Yeah, you know from. 
when Liefeld was doing it. New Mutants 98. So I'm talking about X-Force right now, though. I'm not talking about New Mutants 98. I'm talking about the original X-Force book. So, um, what? It, it was just two issues before one. I know. Out of curiosity, Andy, what made it the best X-Book you've read in forever? Uh, it's going to be a massive spoiler. Luke, do you care? No, because I'll forget it by the time I'm going to get around to reading it. So, the whole Dark Angel saga has had to do with the fact that about 15 years ago, Apocalypse turned Angel into Dark Angel and made him one of his four horsemen. So, there's Dark been... Angel or Archangel? Dark Angel. Okay. Uh, Archangel, same thing, really. Okay. But, um, so, Angel has this sort of second personality mentally within him, and they go into the Age of Apocalypse. Uh, to change some events because they end up killing the reincarnation of Apocalypse, uh, who is a 10-year-old boy who has not committed any crimes. That's interesting. Um, and they're trying to sort of undo their mistake. Unfortunately, because there is an actual Apocalypse in the Age of Apocalypse storyline, like uh, Dark Angel ends up sort of killing that one and becoming the new Apocalypse hmm. and dies horribly. But the most of issue 18 is sort of a conclusion between the the love relationship between Betsy Braddock, Psyduck, Psylocke, mm-hmm. and um, Angel, Dark Angel. Uh, it's just phenomenally done. And with a surprisingly, I want to say, like a really well-rounded grace to how mm. it's, it's not ham-handed. It's That's not. nice. It's really well thought out how sort of things play out from Angel's perspective, and then you see what really happened. Hmm. Oh, nice. So there, there's some subjectivity that made it less it, There's complete sub- Yeah, there's complete subjectivity. And uh, Joel, you want to back me up on that or disagree? What? No, no I, I totally agree. One of the things I liked about X-Force from the beginning is because you have all these lethal weapons on these mutants, but they never get to use it. It's kind of like G.I. Joe, the TV series. And now they do? Yes. Yes. Oh, they murdered the shit out of a bunch of people. And and that's and that's one of the the things is that Archangel. I mean, Angel when he started out from his incarnation was pretty much just the pretty boy with wings. You know, he really didn't have any any superpowers that was useful in combat. That's very true. Jesus Christ, dude. Pause. Do you remember what you were talking about before I'm Joel talking, spilled beer all over my I, nice I, table? I was like, yeah, you know, hey, X-Force 18, yakety smackety, it's fucking phenomenal. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, Joel, what do you think? Thump. Yeah. <laughs> Joel knocked over his beer with the boner he got from talking about X-Force. It's that good, you guys. Oh, it, <laughs> Wolverine, he kills people <laughs> with his fingers. Oh, God. Uh, also, I got to give uh, Rick Remender credit for being one of the few people who can actually write Deadpool well. Yeah. Micatron has been drawing Deadpool lately and it's fucking hilarious. That I I I want to see that actually. Um other book that I'm reading right now is Are we back on? Is this thing back on? Okay. No, we just started talking about stuff without recording it. <laughs> is this thing still on? Okay. Yeah. Uh the other thing is uh Last of the Innocents, the most current criminal novel. Graphic thing it's with stuff and the other thing. And it's that hot. 
<laughs> it's hard to explain because like the easiest definition is uh, 50% criminal, 50% Archie. Huh. Oh, including the art Wacky. styles. I'm morbidly fascinated. It's really I've, good. I've mm-hmm. heard about that. It's like Archie all grown up. Yeah. And in a Jughead slash goofballs dies of an OD in the end. Spoilers. That makes sense. Sorry, I, you said that, and I couldn't differentiate between dies of an OD in the end of the book or dies of an OD in, in the, the end. end. Dies of an OD in the end. He got an OD in the end. Uh, Why I support the Oxford comma today. <laughs> <laughs> right? Today I had eggs, toast, and juice. I had eggs, toast, toast and juice. juice. I'm still a fan of the we invited the strippers, JFK and Stalin. <laughs> We invited the strippers, JFK and Stalin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pandas eat shoots and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. What about you, Joel? What have you been reading? Uh, I've, I've just been reading the new kind of ultimate, the ultimate universe, Marvel ultimate universe reboot. Uh, so ultimates, the ultimate. original stuff or new, like From current new stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because Okay. Yeah, because they they pretty much um, after, killed everybody. Yeah, after after they killed everybody in uh, yeah, ultimatum, ultimatum, ultimate ultimatum. They they restarted everything. So Spider Man, I I read after Spider Man had finally died. So I read the new Spider Man, and it's it's kind of more the same except With, uh, so this is Miles the Miles Morales, Morales. Morales yes, stuff. exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's uh it's kind of cool because uh, well he gets bitten by a radioactive spider. Um, because his uncle, who's the Prowler, which I don't know if you guys know Spider-Man, Prowler is like an old school um, mm-hmm. Spider-Man villain. So his his uncle steals a spider, accidentally bites Miles, and Miles gets these powers. And, but he's got little different powers than what Spider-Man had. He, I don't think he has webs, but he has this electric shock that he can do, and he also turns invisible. So In the- I, Brian Michael Bendis Ultimate Spider-Man, did he like manifest his webs movie style from his body or did he like make his webs out of goo old school style? I, I think Ultimate Spider-Man, he had, it was a power. It was like, it was in him. <laughs> you can shoot like Gatorade. <laughs> like Gatorade. It was bi- what about biological. Okay. Biological is what I was trying to say. Think not, about how awkward was, that would be as a teenager. Like I've got to learn to like control all the rest of my white fluids, but now I have webs. Yeah. Fuck. All over the place. Sneeze. <laughs> oh, sorry, Damn mom. It. Get a sock. Come on. <laughs> yeah, mom's like, was that just web? Was that? Tell me that's just web. So, I mean, Bendis is a great writer, and it's a it's a good reboot. So, it's a it's a kid that's learning his powers all over again. Um, I have never read any post ultimatum ultimate books. Um, I read a lot of pre ultimatum stuff. Um, and I really enjoy. I really enjoyed Ultimate Fantastic Four. Uh, I haven't the first I, ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I think the second one was called Doom. Yeah, yeah. Like the stuff that was done by like the art was all done by Stuart Eminem. Yeah, and yeah, that stuff was awesome. Um, I really liked uh, Ultimate Iron, the original Ultimate Iron Man. Yeah, was really good. Was that the Orson, Orson, Scott, Orson Scott, card? Scott card stuff? Yeah. Um, the but brain tumor. As yeah. much as I dislike. Orson Scott Card. I really liked that series. Yeah, so did I. So, um, actually, post Ultimatum Avengers Two is pretty good. Ultimate Avengers Two. Okay, it's got the Captain America Punisher hybrid. What? Yeah, interesting. Nice. And things just get silly. 
they're they're starting to to break away from like the normal Marvel universe and just go on their own route. You so. know what? We say these things are silly, but right now I'm reading. Aside from the comics, I'm reading Ovid's Metamorphoses, okay. and I have no idea what you're talking about. It's a Greek guy from 8 AD who is rehashing all of the, or it's a Roman guy rather who's rehashing all the Greek myths. Interesting. And I've been like, right, so it has Jupiter fucking a pregnant woman so hard that she sets on fire. Like, <laughs> this is our yeah. canon of literature. Marvel Woo! Universe is not actually that weird it's comparatively. before KY, so. <laughs> Understandable. Friction. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. What were the uh, words? That's the how they figured out. And... That's how they proved also the, the theory of friction. the dragons, some dude fought a dragon and killed him and his teeth fell in the ground and turned into warriors. And that's what Cullen Bunn's The Tooth is based off of. Just saying. Yeah. Wow. So. Anyway. So you've been reading that. What else have you been reading? Uh. I chose I chose things on a theme, um, my theme being memoir, apparently. Um, I read, uh, Erica Moen was in town this past weekend for signing, so I picked up her uh, two issues, or two volumes of her Dar comic, which was a webcomic forever, and is really oddly absorbing. Um, it's like TMI Tuesday all the time. <laughs> um, and like every fuck off awkward thing that you secretly think to yourself she totally writes down and it's fantastic it's very cathartic um and she has some really interesting things to say she she is queer and married in a very like heteronormative relationship like had been attracted to girls all her life and then met this one dude and totally fell in love and got married and gets like hella flack from the queer community for not being queer enough apparently but it's there, anyway, there's interesting stuff about gender, and there's also just interesting, like, awkward zit stories, and it's funny. Are uh, there any gun battles? No. None of my none of my comics this time involved gun battles. Why I'll, would she get fired? But I did recommend our comic of the week, and that does involve gun battles, so I feel like that makes up for Why it. Why would she get flack from the... From the- gay community about that? Like, because this is bisexual part queer. of that? There's... Like is it that's hello reverse? Technically, there's there's a there's a B in that LBGT, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If they can accept people who've had not their original parts put onto them, then they can't accept somebody who was gay for a while and then got married, heterosexual, got into a heterosexual marriage. What's even more fun is oftentimes trans men, mm-hmm. as in ladies with who had man parts put on and or identify as men, easier to find acceptance in the queer community than men who have women parts that seems so backward to me and misogynistic and it happens and there you go but that's a that's as they say that's another tale that shall be told (laughs) another time in the meantime i also read because i'm on the awesome dark horse list of free comics before they come out um thank you web driver uh daughter of her father's eyes it's spelled funny because it's a reference to joyce dot here dot here of it's her father's very, eyes. I'm very, not sure uh, if it is very Norse. Very Norse, yes. Norse. Um, and it's it's. I'm not sure if it's out yet, so I'm not going to spoil anything. But okay. uh, it's by Brian Talbot and his wife, and it's like it's written by his wife and it's illustrated by Brian, and it's half her story in a memoir e form and half like intercut with the story of James Joyce's daughter and like. Uh, Brian Talbot's wife, her father, was a big Joycean scholar, and it's sort of like her wrestling with her relationship with her father, and then James Joyce's daughter obviously doing the same, and um, I thought it was interesting. If if I had to go buy, borrow, or burn, I'd 
stick it solidly in the borrow category. Whoa! But uh, <laughs> I've stuck it in the borrow category before. You know, it was uncomfortable. sometimes you gotta. Uh, but I, I will meditate that about that at another time, possibly in written form. In any case, if you're a, if you're a English nerd, go pick it up. Otherwise, go borrow it from someone because it, it's worth a worth a look see. That's all right. I, I got to take a minute to drain the bourbon bottle here. That's what she said. Well, I don't even know what that means. I stuck it in the borrow and then drained the bourbon. I that was perfect. That really was. Like Joel was going to try and derail you, but you stopped like one beforehand. I um caught up on a bunch of stuff basically i read i got got caught up on orchid it's a little shaky issue four was a little shaky for me but um it it feels like he's just now into this mode where he introduces a character and then spends an entire issue explaining that character right um which i'm hoping stops soon like uh it's been 37 issues (laughs) he's just picking Um, random people off the street now yeah (laughs) I read the uh, Prophet 21, uh, which is the continuation of the old, shitty, extreme comics, Rob Liefeld Prophet book that was, I think Stephen Platt illustrated it for a while, didn't he? Yeah. Um, It was was awful in the 90s, and it ended on issue 20, and they they restarted it with issue 21. I'm not sure why they did that, though. It doesn't make a lot... Why do you read these books? I got there are a dead lot horses of recommend- that need beating. I got a lot of recommendations about uh, Prophet Twenty One. I'm just thinking like and, Breed Three and well, okay, though I was reviewing those, so that's not really fair. What we what was the what was the one with the, the melty faciness? Oh, fucking Doc Savage. Yeah, was it? Yes, it was Doc, Doc Savage. Savage. Doc Savage and Breed Three were both, but Doc Savage was the Doc one where Mongoloid. Yeah, right. Uh, Prophet was good. Yeah. I I actually really enjoyed it. It was it was because it's totally like the polar opposite of what the original Prophet was. The original Prophet was just Rob Liefeld, you know, super muscled, crazy, weird, stupid designs, Pex, pouches, Pex. yeah, right, pouches and no feet. Right? Quickly, and, Rock Chin McSmash a lot. <laughs> Save us from this burning ship. I can't. I left um, my weapons in my trench coat in the other dimension. The new one. Totally reminds me of like, like French sci-fi or something out of like, he- like yeah, or something out of like a, a, an early '80s issue of Heavy Metal. Like it's totally there's totally just some bitch and tits. Uh, well, no, uh, not not yet, but um, it, it's bitch it's, and man boobs. They, they make it is not even close to the same thing that it used to be. So, and and they're restarting it, which is why I don't understand it's it's a complete restart. Supposedly it's in the same continuity, but you you can read this issue without ever having read anything of profit in the in the past and I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. <laughs> the the big one that I did was Incorruptible. Um I had only read the first two issues of Incorruptible, but I own the first 24 and or 23, however many there are, I own them. Um and I had I've read most of in Irredeemable. Um, the last issue I, I'm about four issues behind because the last issue that I read was the issue where he comes back from the prison planet just when he gets back to Earth. Um, so I started reading Incorruptible with the idea that I would get caught up and then start reading them in parallel because you know they kind of 
supposedly take place in the same world. I, I, uh, I, I don't know what people like about this book. I, I got through, I got through nine issues and almost threw issue nine on the floor and then bagged him up and set them aside and said, fuck this. And then I was like, I was like every side character, including jail, jailbait's a big one. Uh, and then, and then head case and like, and so, and then I got, so I, I I felt like everybody, I've so many people say that that book is good and they say it's better than irredeemable. And so I, I went, you know what? I'll give it another shot. So I went back and I started with issue 10 and I got to issue 16 and actually threw issue 16 on the floor. Like well done. It just it just got worse. It just gets continually worse. Is that the one with the nuke truck? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that whole <laughs> fucking storyline was just stupid. Um, that is a low part in the series. Okay, so what's a nuke truck? It's, it's a, a nuke truck. A nuke truck. A truck with a it's a giant nuke on truck it? that has the ability to generate a nuclear pulse that can destroy everything within about half a mile of the truck. Okay. But not the, but truck, not the truck itself. So they're, okay. so but their not plan max damage. Is the so truck made of unobtainium? Sure. I don't know. The plan, the, get this, this is the bad guy's plan, was to take the nuke truck and drive it into Max Damage's city, which I don't remember the name of the city. Um, somethingville. Damage somethingville. City? I don't know. Capital City. Yeah. What a, was to drive it into this city and then drive it from block to block, destroying, like, Ha- destroying the city half mile at a time. Okay, so this sounds like something written by Malachi Nicoli. Yeah, it's it's pretty close. And they defeated the truck by... Um, it's a truck that could withstand multiple repeated nuclear explosions. Yeah. But and they well, found... It's not like a pickup truck. Just no, we're, t- we're talking... It's like yeah, it's, four stories tall, okay? Oh, we're talking shit. like... We're talking like the size of a large building it's on like treads. It's like a mobile base. Right? It's, it's like one of those super big dump trucks. Right. Like the thing yeah. that's filled with Jawas in Star Wars. Except there you go. Bingo. It's like a sand crawler. Thank you. Um, I'm amazed reference. that you uh, managed to remember what that thing was called. So you saw it <laughs> for like three seconds. <laughs> Fuck you. I saw it for half an hour while you kept trying to jump up the goddamn thing. Oh no, Luke Skywalker. Uh, it, I, it just... So they wait, they defeated it by by finding a the by randomly finding this weapon in the police stores of super weapons that could breach the hull. Was that a lightsaber? Of course. I, I'm pretty sure that it had Deus Ex Machina on the side okay. because that's basically they what it was. Guns, right. It was ridiculous. The, the book in a plot twist by Brian K. Vaughn. <laughs> right. This <Damn>. book. <laughs> this book. I I literally don't understand why people like it because everything about it was bad, especially through that that Better. area. Horatio Dominguez, that art was fucking awful. And I'm not actually. I should rephrase that. It was not awful art. It was terrible for that book. It it was one of the few times where I where you look at the art in a book and you're like, this just doesn't match, mm-hmm. right? It's it would be like Uncanny X Force in all its seriousness being drawn by the Penny Arcade guys. Yeah. Just doesn't fit, yeah. you know. You know he's got a, he's got this shtick like his superpower is he he's invulnerable and super strong and and does all this stuff, but every time he sleeps his powers reset. 
So the longer he's awake, the more invulnerable and the stronger he is. Mm. But then as soon as he sleeps, when he wakes up, he's basically normal human temporarily until his powers build up again, which would be a kick-ass like thing to play on that they never really yeah. do right in a little insomnia thing or whatever yeah something like yeah. Uh, he, he talks about it for a second where he's like normally you know I'd get defeated when I passed out or my you know delirium would kick in from being awake for three or four days yeah okay so I still don't understand why he wants to turn good because um, he's a, he's doing a bank heist so yeah something like and his crew like, is doing a bank like, and heist and Pluto- that's like he's in the middle of it when plutonian comes and just destroys the entire city plutonian does yeah, yeah. plutonian pluton when plutonian no he was stealing a, a bioweapon and plutonian comes and murders everybody and like he was in the middle of sky city and plutonian kills sky like city. three and a half million people and and why did Plutonian do it? That's the point. That's irredeemable. Oh. Like irredeemable is Plutonian is Superman. Okay. And he basically snaps one day and starts killing like okay. kills millions and millions of people. And I've read and I've read the first book of Irredeemable, so I, I totally understand that. It's like yeah, I can't put up with these guys anymore. Why am I protecting them? They're you know right. they don't respect me. So and, then what's his face? The bad guy is the one who watches the watchman. He watches, yeah, he watches Somebody has everybody get him. murdered and then finally he's like... Maybe I don't like that sort now of thing. That, now that everybody's dead and Plutonian is kind of out of the picture, like there's nobody left. There's nobody left to stop this stuff. So yeah. he becomes the guy to stop it. And the problem with it is that he never, they never appropriately play on that aspect of the story like they they every every time that they try and play on the fact that he's a bad guy and he's trying to be good it's so ham-handed and just shallow that there you you never really get behind the guy you're like oh great so you were you're you're a slightly less bad guy than the real bad guy now so now you're you know instead of being the bad guy yeah you're, he's doing some. He's doing good. Work. Yeah, but it, I don't know. It, it just there's a lot of this book that just doesn't make sense, and a lot of it that's just it's just so shallow and immature that it just never caught me. Yeah. And I I I made it 16 issues. That's a lot for me to put up with before you know. Before I've given up Throwing on comics on for yeah. I've been I've given up on comics way faster than 16 issues, and yeah. I just can't I can't do it anymore. So for the last week, we have been reading Criminal Coward. Uh, we decided on it because originally we were going to do Johnny the Homicidal Maniac on uh, Andy's suggestion. And not only could we not find the book in stores, really? Andy could not even find his copy. I have that's a how copy. many books he has. Oh, good. I wasn't what? here. Yeah, I was in fair. Vermont. You were, you were in Vermont. Um, we, we had a hell Sipping of a time trying scissor. to find it. There, there, uh, there was a blizzard. 
Oh, that happened. That oh. happened too. Yes. Episode 50 of the other show. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. After the fact, episode 50 took up a lot of time and energy. And then by the time that energy was expended, uh, Seattle was buried in snow. and uh, Everyone explodes when that happens. Yeah. Mm. And admittedly, this was one of our worst like snowstorms in a while you know to the point where it was actually you know i was supposed to go to vegas last weekend and my flight got canceled uh so because of this goddamn snowstorm so um uh criminal coward was published in 2009 the original story was published in 2009 and it's written by ed brubaker and drawn by sean phillips who uh, have been the creative team on Criminal through its entire run. They they recently wrapped up uh, the sixth story, coward. Tech Arc. Okay, Coward, Lawless, Dead in the, Dead in the Dying, Dying. Deadliest of the Species, uh-huh. Bad Night Out, Last, Last of, of the, the Innocents. So Last of the Innocents, the new one, and they are now, now that Last of the Innocent is done, they're now working on their new book, Fatal, which is like a combination of noir and Cthulhu. Yeah. Um, Woohoo. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Sean Phillips did. Um, a dame walked into my office and she was covered in incognito. tentacles. Yeah, I, I didn't hear either of you talking. So. Let's talk over each other. Ready, set, go. Yeah. You're gonna <laughs> say that a dame walked into my office and she was covered in tentacles, and I'll say that they worked on incognito again. <laughs> okay, yeah, ready, okay. set, go. A no, dame walked. They both, uh, <laughs> okay. You can't. <laughs> you can only talk over each other when you don't intend to. Yeah, pretty right. much. Um, incognito. Incognito, incognito, bad influences. Is the other. I'm trying to remember. Books. I'm trying to remember the art, the mm. book. Sean Phillips Don't did sleeper. Sleeper. Yeah. Sean Phillips did the art for a book recently that I didn't like his art on because he was replacing someone else, and I can't yeah, remember so, what fucking book it was. I think he did some Captain America too with. Brubank. Yes, he did. He did some of the Winter Soldier stuff, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. So, um, it is a. It is a. This is a straight up noir like crime story uh it's set in modern day uh so it's not you know it's not like a 70s noir there is some 70s history in it but um it's a it's pretty much a straight up crime book no superpowers no craziness no cthulhu like fatal and it's uh it's pretty fucking awesome actually so yeah i have a real hard time thinking of a better noir story that i've ever read other than brubaker stuff like just in general like across the board, he does an excellent job of writing just you know crime drama. Mm-hmm. He did Last yeah. Days of American Crime. Is that no, right? That was no. Remender. That was Remender. That was Remender. Okay. Uh, Which is another good warm. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. Yeah. Uh, just the way that he sort of pens it out, um, his knowledge on the subject is incredibly thorough, and it, <laughs> it shows through the writing. Yeah. Yes, this is true. Uh, I'm I'm sure that there's just <laughs> what a the fuck are you laughing? <laughs> no, okay. So I'm laughing because there's a, a couple of moments in there. That's like how how does a white boy know know this kind of stuff? Um, it, it, it was stuff white that, people commit crimes too. You know. I know. Uh, well, yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> usually they don't blue have blue collar. Blue collar. Yeah, they, they usually don't have. They don't write stuff too. If, if they were writing, they wouldn't be doing these crimes. Uh, Azarello. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Azarello. Hundred bullets. Yeah, yeah. Another white guy. Mm. He didn't get as good as this though. Hundred bullets is good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, but some of the, some of his stuff some of sounded, a bit out. Some of it sounded a lot like like a hip hop artist, like gangster rap. Where um, it was supposed to though. Well, yeah, 
Uh, no, the, like the prison talk, well, I can uh, totally understand. Ed did that. live in the central district for quite a few years. Uh, <laughs> totally, totally understandable. That all makes sense now. But I never once like had a lack suspension of willing of suspension of disbelief. Yeah, yeah. It, it it seemed really natural. Absolutely, yeah, it, it's true. And I didn't have to think about how he'd done a bunch of research because it just like flowed. No, there. I mean, there was there was one thing that. Um, that he was talking about, I think when they when they find out eventually when they do the heist, they're trying to get diamonds, and it ends up, oh my gosh, heroin! You know, so things go wrong. And when it's better than diamonds, yes. heroin. That's heroin. what it was, and a, a lot of heroin. Yeah. Uh, sorry, just just because I figured it out. Um, Sean Phillips filled in on a couple issues of the Dark Tower Gunslinger oh. uh, for Jay Lee, and. It was a complete. It was like a total shock to the system because Jay Lee's art is so iconic to that series that when Sean Phillips filled in, it just didn't fit. It's not that it was bad, but it's like comparing him to Jay Lee's stuff. Like Jay, that's probably some of Jay Lee's best work ever, and uh, Sean Phillips just didn't fit. So anyway, continue. We fear change, Joel. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, uh, just the the vast amount of different. I think honestly that he uh, uh, Brubaker doesn't really enjoy like reading other people's noir stuff anymore because he's just read so <laughs> goddamn much of it. Mm. I could see that, like hundreds and hundreds of books and watched movies. Like he's like, oh, Band of Outsiders, saw it. Like yeah. these, these weird esoteric like French caper films and all that. So um, he knows the, the material inside and out, and it really does show. Yeah, it, it really does. But there was there was one reference from from the drug culture, and I fucking can't find it now. <clears throat> that um, that is like how how would you how would you know that you know un- unless you were in it or like Anne said did a lot of research, um, which a lot of people don't do research when this kind of stuff. They just think that hey, all I have to do is is write this story like I, I'm Tupac and that's all <laughs> no, no seriously what, what's and, the first thing that the, uh, the gangster says to the other yo dog what's up yo how's it going yeah, yeah. dollar and, dollar bill and there's there's a there's a I'm lot make of make it rain and and also another thing that I liked about this that I thought that people were going to survive through this and every time you think oh hey they're going to pull off the caper <laughs> he always pull, throws a twist and turn in there that even throws Leo the main character off and and this yeah, this is this is not a this is not a happy success story. <laughs> no, but it's very this satisfying. This is not Ocean is Eleven. Mm-hmm. This is definitely um, Caper Gone Wrong, the Greek tragedy, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's more like Ronan. Uh, yeah, yeah kind of. It's mm-hmm. it's definitely the the you know Greek tragedy meets American crime story. Well, so. I, I, what I appreciate is in this particular arc for this particular character, he, he fails at everything he sets out to do, including his like major arc, which violence. is being a coward. Like right. that's his goal. And he even fails at that because, yeah. you know, he does a heroic thing in the end. And then he's like, well, I'll die heroically and fails at that. I did like that is, I, well, let's, let's talk more about the rest of the book before I start talking about the end, because there's some things at the end that I want to discuss in more, in more depth. But, um, I, I was, I was kind of, I was caught off guard by this book. Um, when it, it got recommended to me by a lot of people, which, you know, I, I went ahead and bought it off Thwipster for off of recommendation sight unseen. Um, I bought the deluxe edition hardcover and, when I started reading it 
at first I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of Sean Phillips art to begin with. Um, I, it grew on me for this particular story though. Like I think, I think it fits the writing really, really well. And maybe that's a testament to, uh, Brubaker and Phillips relationship at having worked on so many things together. Um, but they just, they kind of, they meshed really well. Um, especially in instances with with certain facial expressions like the Greta's facial expressions are fucking spectacular in this storyline she he does this like fucking indignant sneer on her that is better than yeah right that's better than most other artists are capable of mm. um and it all just kind of fit together the the characters he was able to make he was able to make you care about characters without having to explain too much about them right just like he didn't explain he didn't really explain the history he just kind of threw you into it he said you know shit went bad leo escaped 5 years later He's you know? very good at building character through action yeah. right like we yeah. know a hell of a lot about leo within the first 10 pages yeah and we know a lot about we know a lot about every character that c- crops up without having to have them, you know, a lot of exposition to explain it. Because the art does such a good job of using like you're going to make stereotypes about certain visual appearances, and it feed, feeds into that. Yeah, yeah. The I think the best character introduction for me was gnarly. Um, the first time they go into the undertow, and he, it's just a it's just this exchange, this knowing exchange between the two of them, blah blah blah, and then this douchebag at the end of the bar starts making comments about uh, about Leo, and gnarly turns on him and you know basically tells him you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, so shut your mouth, and that exchange just. It made every it made the world feel so real without having to explain why that shit was that way, you know. And that's something that not a lot of people can do well. Uh, there's also a really good job of, like, when you look back at certain consequences of actions, you realize, yeah, that was what was going to happen. Yeah, like right. The overdose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like you know, oh, you leave the. Uh, the master pickpocket with Alzheimer's who's drug addicted <laughs> in a house with like what 50 kilos of heroin what do yeah. you think's going to happen he's going to shoot up and be like man this feels good but I should shoot up again when did I just I'm just going to shoot up again yeah. What's up? I'm just going to shoot <laughs> yeah well not to mention the fact that it was uncut heroin so it was like they even talk in the book about the fact that it was like purer than normal which is what made it so valuable you know um uh, like every every twist in the book felt natural too. Heron, that's what the kids are calling it, right, Joel? What's that? Heron. Yeah. I found out that a uh, uh, a Hawaiian slang term for homemade uncut crack is flurb. <laughs> now, a funny, isn't that in Futurama? No, no, no. The, that's slurm. <laughs> slurm and but, flurb. But the funny thing about the word flurb, uh, going back to my nerdiness and the the live action uh, role playing games Uh-oh. that I've played, uh, one of the games that I'm in is a is a combat heavy game that's not role playing at all. It's just hitting people with sticks. So you went in the woods and hit people with sticks? Yes. No, at public parks and hit people with sticks. Public parks hitting people with sticks. Hit him with a stick. Don't hit him with the stick. And (laughs) and anybody that spends too much time 
role playing in that game or is an overly enthusiastic nerd with no social skills is called a flurb. So finding out that, <laughs> well, that's that flurb was also the the name for uh, impure homemade crack cocaine that's a, that's awesome. It just makes sense. A total side tangent, but uh anyway. Um where were we? We were talking about Oh, what I was saying was like every every twist in this book feels natural. It's, yeah, it's it well, it's well thought out and yeah. it's the the expected consequences of actions that you don't think about them having actions because you're reading a comic book. Right, exactly. Um, I I would say that I, I don't think the art's going to be for everybody. Like, I, I honestly, really like Sean Phillips. I I like him for this, but knowing the way that I felt when I first started reading it, I can understand that some people might not like you the artwork in this book. I thought it was appropriate to noir. Yes. I mean, it, it wasn't... I th- I think it matched the content of the writing because it wasn't Absolutely. really heavy handed and really black and white like Frank Miller's stuff, which matches his like cheese ass narrator. <laughs> um, the bad guy fights the good guy for the city <laughs> in the bank. And this girl who has boobs, <laughs> check them out. Everyone's got one color that they choose. Is it red? Is it purple? Is it tangerine? No and one then, knows. The kumquat, fear him. And then and then they make they make the movie and. For the one character that plays a stripper that constantly has her breasts exposed in the comic book, they sign an an actress that has a no nudity clause. That doesn't make any goddamn sense (laughs) to me. Come on. You know what? Clive Owen being as badass as is humanly possible was enough redeemingness. Oh, I agree. I actually really liked Elijah Wood being insane and having converse. That was fine Uh with me. Uh Uh-huh. I, I I like the movie. Don't get me wrong. I I like I like Sin City. I like the first three arcs of Sin City, which were the arcs that were covered by the movie. So yeah. I like the movie. I like the book. My parents hated Sin City. Mm-hmm. Like they'd never read the comic book, nor would they. But they they rented the the director's cut version and they watched it. And I remember talking to my dad about it, and he I. I was bringing it up from like, hey, this is a comic book that I really like, and I thought they did a really good job with the adaptation, and he just looked at me. He just gave me this, like, disgusted, like... And then he slapped you. He, he, he looked at me like I had just told him I was gay. Like, he was, cool. he was like, what do you... Th- what are you thinking? This was one of the worst... He, he told me that it was one of the worst things that he'd ever watched, and they made it about an hour and a quarter before they shut it off. You could... You could have gone a different route. Yeah. You, as opposed to that, you could have said, he looked at me like I said, I wanted to suck his dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a different look, and that wasn't the look he gave me. Fair uh, I may disown you over this yes, comment. It, it was, it was a, a, look of, a, a look of disgust mixed with disappointment. <laughs> how is like, that not how he's going to look at you if you say that you want to suck his dick? Because I never would have seen how he looked at me if I'd have, if I'd have said that. He just knocked my ass out. So. Um, no, but uh, I, I I think this is incomparable to to Sin City because Sin City is this they're the same genre, but I think he has a much more nuanced. Um, yeah, Edward Baker has a much more nuanced control over like genre conventions, and obviously, he like uses more words with more syllables than two. <laughs> that is also true. Well, I, I think I think Sin City is the the overblown exaggeration of the genre clearly yes. right Every, oh, yeah. everything's exaggerated yeah. the, everything from simple dialogue to the art style to the characters to the plot. the genre conventions and the plot is like blown out of proportion whereas this is 
firmly planted within the genre and it's a good example of the genre so while sin city is like jumping the shark this is like standing on the shore by the shark infested waters and having a deep conversation (laughs) this is like the nude beach you wish you were at okay Hmm. nude beach with sharks like sin city is on the 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 fucking hover ski going over the sharks and you're like that's fucked up going back to the beach with the titties obviously later guys (laughs) it's Saving Private Ryan versus Inglorious Bastards. Right. Yeah. Right? Very well. Like done. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Personally for me, I like I like how it started out. It's I always like smart characters that use their wits more than than their their guns or their their brute muscle. And and this is what this character Aren't is. Aren't those the same thing? Yeah. No. Oh well, so. yes. your guns, for some people. Uh, for some people, got your tickets to the gun show. Oh. So, and and that's what this character is. He survived because he's used his wits and he hasn't, you know, used his guns or anything. And yeah. but everything has gone wrong for him. And another thing about this is that he slowly gets drawn into this. And every every step where he's like, okay, he should have known this. There was there was something either the job had to be pulled off the next day, and so there was this compressed timeline or everything that he didn't really like because he didn't want to deal with a he didn't want to deal with a junkie, but he had to because it was the ex girlfriend who had a kid from from his previous buddy that got killed like all these other pressures that were playing on him that forced him into this situation that forced him to miss the things he would normally have seen yeah yeah i feel like you're right on when you mentioned greek tragedy it just kind of feels like <laughs> this is hit the process of his hubris slowly overwhelming him yeah and and, and it, it really is because everything goes wrong because i thought usually in noir is like okay the hero goes through and through his wits you know he saves the day for everybody and he he doesn't Everything goes wrong. I mean, I and I think the thing is, is the um, Delron for for one. I thirty thirty. I kept I, I kept thought, reading at Deltron the whole time. I, <laughs> Thank you for validating. I, I thought Del I thought Delron was a black guy, and when it comes out, it was a fat white guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally I totally. That's blew a, that's, away my my preconceptions. That's a very there. that's a very Texas Texas white trash name. Well, it's it's also. You, see a lot of like Deltron there's, upgrade there's your gray of, matter because one day it may matter there you go <laughs> <laughs> oh, interplanet was it interplanet interplanetary adversaries battling for supremacy sounds like a good way to build up my infamy wow guys yeah wow Del, Del the funky homo sapien see I knew him back when he was the funky homo sapien not Deltron yeah. alright Mr. Dabalina won't you quit oh my god Roy Mr. Bob LT. Dabalina yes <laughs> the very same <laughs> Luke is so lost at this table right now and I'm loving so, every minute of it so the thing is when Delron and when he comes up in and he shows up at at the girls <laughs> just drop the mic drop when the mic when he shows up at the, at the girls mothers with, with the little kid and you think, okay, they're going to kidnap the kid. No, they're going to kill the old lady. <laughs> they kill the old fucking lady. Like, okay, all bets are off. Yeah. And, that's, and, then, and then when they finally, to cap it off, they kill the lady, the woman, too, by cigarette burns. I mean, they don't just Spoilers. kill Spoilers. Well, Jeez. are we not spoiling stuff? Okay, we are. Always spoil things. I can yeah. remember a great tweet from Prue uh, Baker that was something like, the first rule of every single noir story is everything tastes like ashes in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's true, but a lot of a lot of stories don't don't do that. You know, because uh, la- the last of the innocent last of the innocent. Don't spoil it. No, I'm not going to, but there's no ash. There's mm-hmm. no ash there. So 
I, that's and mm. I was like, oh, no. think think of the metaphor, metaphorical ashes. It's not metaphorical ashes in your space mouth. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! Come, I don't think that even made sense, but I'll come, go with come it. Come back to I'll run, I'll run with that. No, she's in thirty thirty right now. <laughs> come in your time machine back. Oh, <laughs> but um, and that's and that's the one thing that I realized it, because it was all kind of like okay, this is a job that's gone bad but as soon as people started dying that's when i kind of get that knot in your stomach and realize oh shit people aren't going to live through this you know (laughs) shit's gotten real and it it really does too um and i don't know i enjoy this stuff uh this is this stuff when and can i just say that the forward on this was was great and kind of touched on it is it the pen oswald one no, this is this is the one by Dave Gibbons, okay. where it starts off that everybody when they start reading this they they read about galactic empires and superhuman beings and and once they they once they realize that all these colorful trappings don't really satisfy and they're not really based in reality, and then you start getting these other stories by by um, Howard and Lieber and or no I'm sorry Leonard and Higgins Thompson Wamba Chandler and Hammett Thompson was the Parker series. Really? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Parker's good stuff, too. Yeah. Lieber was the Born series? No, that's Robert Ludlum. Ludland? Ludland? Robert Yub Yub. He was a very famous Ewok poet. He, he wrote thrillers. Was he, I think I know how it turned out for him. There was another Ewok sort of like trying to kick him after he got stepped on by <laughs> <laughs> he, he crashed his glider. He's a it's, glider. A, it's a shame. At least it wasn't the one that got hit by the rock. <laughs> so, and, uh-huh. and it's, it's when you realize that not everything is, is sunshine and, and moonbeams and fairy dust. I would like nope. to show the iconic, I believe, panel for this entire comic, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is our hero Leo face palming and saying "motherfuck." Yes, it's pretty much. That was day one. You, you've seen the wire, right? It was right? a bad day. Uh, I, you know, I have. I've only seen like the first couple episodes of the oh, season. Jesus. Never seen the show. Oh, it's so fucking good. Yeah, it is stupid and I, good. And I need to, but it's you, one of those things where the first season isn't as good as the rest of the seasons. Because I heard the second season kind of clicks along. I had a hard time dealing with over, cops with overtime, and it's like we're okay. Where are the gun? Where's the gun clapping? You know, where, where's the drug dealing? You don't ever see any of this stuff because they're going about the all the semantics behind all that. Anyway, anyway, yeah. Uh, uh. these uh. these cops had drugs and guns. Yes. Except for Leo, who did not have a gun. Until the end. Except for the end. Yeah. <laughs> Which the, I appreciated okay, so, the detail of. And I do have yes. to say, I, I didn't see the twist. The, the main twist in this, I didn't see it. Because it really doesn't be a... It's not like a main part of the character. It's not really yes. touched on until like the very end. And that's one of the things that... That's what I was going to bring up about the ending. That's one of the things that I really like about it is that there's this point where, you know, the first job goes bad... And he loses a couple of people that he had recruited that were good, you know, good people for him. And he just kind of retreats, mm. which is his thing, being a coward. And after he retreats, you know, he tries to protect some of the people around him. And then through what he considers his own negligence, Ivan ends up ODing. And he, he like, 
rather that he he's that's the one part in this book he's unable to blame on someone else right he's he's unable to say well it's because you fucked up my job that these people died he was like this was all my fault i left this behind and you see that that's the turning point in my opinion for the character which is intended it's pretty obvious turning point Mm. where then greta gets killed and now there's the point where he just starts kind of blaming everything on himself and he snaps right oh yeah and you can see him snap under the pressure and that was the best part of this book for me was the point where he goes from being that runaway coward to fuck it you know and he just like everyone everything has everyone's dying around him so fuck it i'm just going to do what i can before i go out in a blaze of glory and um i i really liked that turn in the character because it felt logical yeah Uh, in its illogical way you know it it felt from a story perspective it felt like it made sense Mm. whereas there's there's plenty of times in books and movies and tv shows that i've seen characters just do that snap thing and it never makes sense it's just like why would you why would you do this and batame is dead right oh my god right yeah those didn't happen yeah Uh, uh, no Go ahead. I don't know why, but whenever I like read the the specific story at the shootout at the end, I get the song by Leslie. I think it's Leslie Gortz. The sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. (laughs) (laughs) Stuck in my head is everyone is dying. Wasn't wasn't that from? That says a lot about your personality. No, No, uh, you're thinking of Face Off, but it's uh, when you wish upon a star. Yeah, I think. Okay. Yeah, I just. um, Now, see, I see it from a different perspective. That whole plot twist, because. Everybody thinks that he's a coward. It's like, oh, well, you know, he has no heart. And he did have heart, but he just was protecting everybody from his bad decisions. Because the last time he made a bad decision, people got hurt. Right. So he tries to keep it. And- well, and then at the end, he does that thing where he's like, he's like, um, I, I was never running away from... I was never running away from everyone else. I was running away from myself was mm. basically what he said. And, and then finally when he mm. snaps, he's like, you know, he throws the throws the heroin in the guy's face and then shoots him in the head and he's just yeah. like I'm embracing it. And it's like, "Now, now, you know what? Fuck y'all. You you <laughs> you loose the hounds." I love it when, so, he, I love it when he shoots stop the cop. Me now. <laughs> At the end he's like, "Oh, those were your cigarettes." They're yeah. Your body. He's like, "What? <laughs> Pop." Yeah. Oh. Uh, my paperback edition has an introduction by Tom Fontana that points out the same thing you were saying, Joel, about like, why is, why is he not like he's a coward, but his deal is his survival is based quote, not solely on his own instincts, but on sacrifices of others. Like he does serve as a protector for most of the thing. I feel like he's not actually a true coward in a way. No. Well, and I thought that was the point, right? Exactly. Is that everyone sees him as a coward when in actuality he's he's not. He's trying to he's trying to protect the people around him. So, I don't know. I I'm this book I bought the like I said, I bought the deluxe edition which has three separate volumes in it. It's got uh Coward Lawless and The Dead and the Dying. And The Dead and the Dying is isn't really one story. It's kind of like a it it's, it's a bunch of short ones. vignettes. And it's also, that, uh, it also has the real short story at the end. The real short story at the end? The, like the four-page one from the... Com- yeah, oh, yeah. The the promo that they did, the four-page four promo that they did. Oh. Yes. Oh, fuck. No one rides for free? No one rides for free, yeah. It was in so, the, the Comic Liberty Defense Fund book from last year. Yeah. So, um, 
I bought this book. And, what? What were you going to say? Nope. Continue your story, oh. and then I will go. I was just going to say, I bought this book, uh, like I said, sight unseen. I got it on Thwipster for relatively cheap. I read... I got through... Um, it was one of those ones that I picked it up one night at like 10 o'clock at night and finished the entire hardcover. Like, I... I read through Coward, and then I was like, oh, I wonder what the next story is going to be about. And then I read the next story, and I'm like, oh, it's about a completely different character. I wonder if... And then I was done. And <laughs> it's just yeah. like, well, I read the entire fucking thing in one sitting. Because it, it was just, just clicks along. Yeah, it you does. Know, there's no really... De- there's really no dead story. spots. Yeah, exactly. There's no dead spots where you spend a whole issue just discussing the character background of one character. And when you read it in har- in this form, when you read it in collected form, it does not feel like collected individual issues. It just feels like a continuous storyline. Even the single, um, like the single issues, like it was just the way that it's paced is brilliantly thought out because you could actually probably picked up something in the middle and then within two or three pages known exactly yeah. what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it... I, I was I was impressed by the fact that it it never feels like... Like, I, I think comic books and TV shows both have have gotten into this... Compartmentalized. Uh, this cliffhanger mode where yeah. every episode has to end in some kind of major cliffhanger that makes people want to watch the next episode when in actuality, it just has to have a good story. And... Shows that do that well, like like Breaking Bad, is Buffy. a good example. Buffy, well, Buffy, Buffy was one of the Not ones the first that was like season, like seasons three through six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see each that. of those had an arc, but it contributed to the greater. Yes, arc. Um, but even so, there were still plenty of episodes of Buffy that were like Monster Hunters that should have ended in dun dun dun, and then the next episode, right? Um, this never felt like that. This just felt like you were moving from one part of the story to the next part of the story, and it was just it was a logical chapter progression. One, chapter and two, yeah, chapter three. Um, and it didn't mm-hmm. feel like it had to end on some major like, oh my god, what's going to happen next month? You know, will um, the old man die from an overdose? Probably. Yeah. Find out next month <laughs> in in pigs in space. Uh, Indeed. Yeah. Will Dr. Springmore kill the rest of the cast? <laughs> um, and I, I just, I was engrossed real fast in this book. And it, it's, uh, it's, it, I was just surprised by it. Because I think it's it's one of the first times that I've read a, a comic book that did not involve a fantastical element. Like, I've yeah. read other ones, you know, I've read a lot of comic books that have even a small sci-fi element that they throw in there, like like uh, Last Days of American Crime, yeah. right? Where it's it's a, it's a near-future sci-fi. Yeah, where they're um, going to shut down criminal acts. Right. Um, but this one was just a good crime story set in modern day with no, no superhuman anything, no supernatural, no nothing to it. You should read Parker. And, uh, yeah, Parker's one that I keep picking up and keep thinking, like... This is the art. The art bothers you don't like me. Darwin Cook? No, not not. I've picked up the Martini edition multiple times at my comic shop, and I've flipped through it, and I just don't like the art style. Mm. And someday maybe I'll borrow it from someone and read it, but I don't think I'm going to buy it unless unless when I borrow it I find that it's amazing that I that I'm amazed by it because the art just doesn't. Just didn't capture me in this book. The art it started out with the art not 
not really catching me. And then as I read, I it clicked, right? It yeah. just kind of clicked into place and I'm like, okay, it just fits. Like as I got into Brubaker's writing flow and I realized how well the art complemented it, I was like, okay, I get this. This this makes sense to me. You should read Sleeper. Okay. Mm. Uh, it's I've got the first trade of Incognito upstairs too that I have never touched. Read Sleeper first. Um, okay. Sleeper's good. And I'm definitely going to get I Fatal don't, at some point. I think Sleeper's Brubaker actually. But it's Sean Sleeper's, Phillips though. Yeah, Sleeper's Brubaker. It's Sleeper. Yeah. I thought Point Blank was Brubaker, but Sleeper was somebody else. Anyway. Yeah, whatever. Um I I mean, yeah, I I I guess at this point we 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 move on to by Burn. Bye. <laughs> Cuz um can 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 I be a brief literary theory? Go nerd? right ahead. All right. Please. So we we agree, Brubaker does story well, but there's something in here that, to my mind, like kicks it up into a notch where I could sit and hobnob about like bullshit literary theory. Believable theories. dialogue? No, Frank Kafka, Private Eye. Wasn't that awesome? That was awesome. I don't that understand was so what subtle the, and well done. Like, I don't get it. Like I this this it. fictional comic strip within the comic strip that yeah. the narrator says it never makes out. any goddamn sense. But at the same uh-huh. time, has this very like nice thematic like it's about uh-huh. this detective that's kind of looking for a woman that he doesn't know if she's alive or dead, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you need to read Bad Night Out. Yes, will do. The, the, is it about Frank Kafka? It's about the writer of Frank Kafka. Nice. Kafka, Detective Private Eye. And nice. the shit that goes wrong in his life. That's great. That's a really smart way to like interweave the stories, even though uh-huh. like they don't... Way better than Frank Miller's able to do it in fucking Sin City. Next panel, it's <laughs> a blank panel. The next <laughs> panel, it's a blank panel. Ad infinitum, ad nauseum. Let's well, just put them all over the page. That's holy terror. But okay. like so, um, I was going to say, uh, there's like a few books that really stand out as far as the noir series uh, goes. Um, the Parker series criminal sleeper is not technically noir but it's it's like a superhero there's like a double guy who like double agent triple agent quadruple agent like he doesn't even know whose side he's on anymore uh, all of the agencies yeah but it's brilliant these are like the best noir related stories that have come out in the probably the past 10 years and they're just hands above like anything that's come out before that by Burn. Buy. Cool. I, I bought it already. Buy unless you absolutely hate noir, in which case, why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. I, I'm I'm a solid buy uh, unless you're just not a noir or crime fan. Um, but even if you're not, if you're a comic book fan, I think this would. If I you like, like stories, this. yeah. <laughs> if you, if like, you like good things, if you like graphic, you like bad fiction, things, you'll probably like this book. Yeah, I think that's a solid buy all the way around. So, yeah, go get it. You can get this book in multiple different forms. You can get the individual issues, of course. You can get them in the single... uh, There's single trade paperbacks that cover each of the story arcs. There's for Coward and and, uh, Lawless and all of them all the way through. There is a deluxe edition hardcover that covers the first three story arcs plus some extra material, which is what I the form that I would suggest people get it in. However, it's kind of expensive because it's Marvel Icon, so it's a... 75? uh, No, it's 50. It's 49.99 and it's... um, But 
let's see, you're you're going to pay less than that for the trades. My trade's 15. 15. And it doesn't have the essays in it. It yeah. doesn't have the essays in it. It doesn't have the additional story. Yeah. It doesn't have the same intro. Well, that being said, the additional story might might appear in one of the other trades. We don't know. The, the deluxe edition has essays. It has uh, uh, concept artwork. It has cover artwork. It has um, the, the extra story that was in the comic book legal defense fund uh, book. Um, so it, it's definitely worth it, especially because, uh, well, maybe not at your local comic shop. You can't get it cheaper, but I know that you can get it cheaper online if you want to buy it on Amazon or, or like I did. I bought it on Thwipster, and I only paid 26 bucks for it which is worth every penny clearly i would i actually would pay 50 bucks for this book um because it's ordered it and bought it from my local store because i wanted a the store that's you know willing to carry this sort of thing that introduced me to it to you know get a cut and then b to make sure that you know those guys rubaker and right phillips get their cut so um my suggested form is is the deluxe edition, but the the paperbacks are just as good um, and worth every penny. Uh, you can also get all of these digitally. Uh, you can get them on Comixology for uh, they only come in individual issues, so they're not collected on Comixology. But you can get them in individual issues for two bucks an issue, which is not that bad because that that rounds out That's to cheaper. that rounds out to ten bucks for the entirety of Coward. So um, you can't really complain too much about that. Um, if you have a device like an iPad or a Kindle Fire and you want to get it digitally, that's a great way to do it. Um, my personal suggestion is go out and get, get the hardcover deluxe edition. Get Fatal. It's new in stores now. Issue one's out. If you can find it on the shelf, I think it's going to second printing. Um, uh, it's definitely going to second printing, and it's really hard to find. <laughs> like, it sold out pretty fast. That's one I'm going to wait for hardcover, just because his style of storytelling is one that I like reading collected. I don't, um, I'm not a, an individual issue fan with his particular style. I'm so. always terrified that these things won't be collected, because people just don't buy them. That's no, fair, but there's a lot of things that I've seen that um, even if they don't sell, they still get collected. You know, it's it's one of those things where they're like, it's their last gasp kind of thing, where they're like, maybe we can make a few more pennies out of this if we if we collect it. So the question is, will Dark Horse collect the Kona and the Barbarian versus Gru crossover? <laughs> I no <laughs> I doubt it. Um, well, that's a that's the thing with with these though. I don't think these. I don't think Fatal's any in any danger of not getting collected because of the creative team. But we didn't right? know that, like you know, when it was coming out, when it was being previewed and everything, it's like, yeah, it's a great creative team. The concept's a little bit out there. Maybe people just don't like good things anymore. It happens <laughs> well, every once in a while. It, you're yeah. absolutely right. This is yeah, absolutely yes. right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, who knows? I'm probably going to get it collected because I, I this one I'm not worried about too much. Uh, there are other comic books that I'm worried about not getting collected, so I collect them in individual issues, like The Strange Talent of Luther Strode. Is it's one totally going to get collected. <sighs> How do you know, though, right? I it's mean, yes, selling it's... selling really well. Yeah, mm, it's not selling s- gangbusters. Well, not I mean, gangbusters, but it's selling well enough. Yes. You're not going to be able to the, find the single issues on the shelf right. 
but that's the thing. The, the reason I started buying that in single issues is because it's an untested creative team, right? It's a team that's brand new to comics. Um, this is their first real big thing. So, you know, you, you got to hope at that point. And the, in the, in the, in the instance of fatal, it's an established creative team. Who's working on working to their strengths. Um, so, Ed Brubaker probably hate me for saying this, but I'm not that worried about it getting collected, and I'd rather read it in collected form. When in actuality, I'm sure he'd prefer that I buy both, um, but I just don't have the money for that. So, so yeah. I mean, I guess we're gonna, I guess we'll wrap up this episode. Uh, we apologize for being gone for so damn long. No, I don't. Um, not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fuck these people. No, no, not fuck them. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, uh, I got out of my way to do this. It's not like, oh, there was a blizzard, guys. Sorry, we couldn't make the podcast. We uh, we actually lost some crew, and uh, <laughs> Joel's Joel's no longer on the the show. He got eaten by wolves. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Now you just pissed off our one listener. Now, now, now they're gonna not gonna download this anymore. Thanks. Oh, well, at least we'll right, still snicker. have at least we'll still have four download three downloads. So. Uh, <laughs> Who's yeah. not downloading the show? Regardless of what, regardless of what Andy says, I apologize for the break. Uh, six weeks is a little long between episodes. So, um, what are we going to say? What we're going to do next? Because I'm excited about it. Go right ahead. Okay. It's your suggestion. Okay. So, uh, just because we were doing serious g- things that are written by serious adults, um, next time we will be doing X Cop Trade Paperback Number Two: Bad Guy Earth, which is an entire, like, trade paperback long story written by Malachi Nicole, age six, and illustrated by Ethan Nicole, age 26. And better written than Sandman. Ooh. Ooh. You're not allowed to make those comparisons. I am. Okay, you're allowed to make those comparisons. Also, more importantly, we will be at Emerald City Comic Con. That's what I was Yay! about to bring up. Yes. We'll have a booth at Emerald City Comic Con table, I guess you T- table, table, table booth thing. <gasps> it's going to be a table where we're going to be sitting, we're going to be talking. Um, I I have considered the concept of playing episodes of the show while we're sitting there, but uh, there's too much swearing, and swearing, and swearing. The table's going to be any different. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fair. Uh, we will likely you get the be swearing recording live. Hey kid, hey hey kid, hey kid, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> we will we will be recording episodes from the show. I don't know if we'll do them while we're on the show floor, but. But we will definitely uh, we will have a portable kit by then to go record uh, interviews. So you will hear uh, a series of interviews, hopefully, uh, that will be published uh, during slash after Emerald City Comic Con. And uh, thank you, Andy, for procuring the booth from, for us. Uh, if if we're lucky, we'll be able to get it next to Micatron's table. But I don't know if we'll be in the same area. So uh, come see us at Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle in March. That'll be our one-year anniversary. Uh, we're at our one-year anniversary, sir. We started no, our this first show. episode was Emerald City. Yes, yes, hey, it was. you know it was nice. Aww. Episode zero was recorded. You at don't the do that sh- with your show. wife, do you? Forget the anniversaries. No, I never forget my anniversary with my wife. <laughs> so, man. so yeah, uh, come see us at Emerald City. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. If you, uh, oh my God, my mic won't move. We're <gasps> <Hey>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> falling from a great uh, height. Next show, uh, next show, uh, rate us on <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> uh, it, it does help us, helps us get stuff on iTunes, helps us uh, get promotions, more listeners, blah. 
Re- review us on Zoom. You can figure out how. Follow us on Twitter. The main show feed is at, at as Jesus Christ. I still haven't fixed this fucking agenda. It's at Trade Secrets Pod. My Twitter feed is at Geek Elite. Andy is at Mathtastrophe. Joel is at Superfly, but it's spelled weird. Anne is at Anne Beaton Tweets. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash trade secrets podcast. Join the forums on the website. There's no forums on the website anymore. This 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 agenda is way the fuck out of date. Looks uh, like I'm gonna load up an old agenda from two thousand and six and see how that one plays out. If I write I love lamp on there, will you read that? <laughs> this is the agenda from episode eighteen. It's not that long ago, so it's the same agenda. I anyway. remember back during episode eighteen when <laughs> Luke went batshit insane and killed Joel with an X. <laughs> Shit, the wolves. That's uh, story. All right. You can email us if you want to be part of the show at tradesecrets at geekerific.com. I encourage that. Any email that gets sent to the show at this point, we will read because we don't get very many. So uh, hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on email. Uh, this has been episode 21 of After the Fact Pod. Jesus Christ. <laughs> This Winter been, sucks. This has been Winter epi- break sucks. Fuck blizzards. Fuck being off for a couple of weeks. Like this has been episode twenty one of Trade Secrets. Trade Secrets podcast. There, there you go, champ. Thank, thank, thank you. Very MP welcome. That's nice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. No, you're, you're welcome. Thank you, Anne. You're welcome. I am Luke. Bork. And we're out. <laughs> <laughs>